Nearly half of Canadians did not recognize National Truth and Reconciliation Day, which took place on Saturday. Over 602 transgender minors have had their breasts surgically removed in Canada, according to a shocking new report. Waterloo City Council adopted an amended bylaw which seeks to ban communications that make people, quote, feel harassed. Hello Canada, it's Monday, October 2nd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Lindsay Shepard. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. A Leger poll has revealed that almost half of Canadians did not do anything to recognize National Truth and Reconciliation Day, which took place on Saturday, September 30th. This is the third year that the national holiday will be recognized since it was first announced by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in 2020. The polling found that 48% of respondents said they wouldn't be doing anything to recognize the holiday. A minority of respondents, only 23%, said they would wear an orange shirt in honor of First Nations communities, and 15% said they plan to actively listen to Indigenous people. Respondents who said they plan to have a conversation about Indigenous issues with their family was 12%. Additionally, 10% of parents said they plan to speak with their child about the issues. Despite this, 63% of respondents said that they feel more aware now of Indigenous issues than they did five years ago. The same amount responded that they felt moderate progress had been made regarding the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. So I'm not surprised that, you know, nearly half of Canadians uh, said in this survey that they don't plan on doing anything to recognize this new statutory holiday introduced by Trudeau in 2020. I do doubt some of the numbers, though. It does say here 23%, that's almost one in four people, would wear an orange shirt in honor of First Nations communities. But I was out and about on Saturday, you know, and I didn't see one in four people wearing orange shirts. I think it would have been closer to maybe one in 20 people. Cosman, to me, wearing an orange shirt signals that you buy into the narrative that there are hundreds or thousands of unmarked graves of missing children in Canada, and that Canada is genocidal and attempted to genocide First Nations people. There is no reliable evidence, first off, that there are unmarked graves of missing residential school children in this country. Pine Creek First Nation in Manitoba is the only one to have completed and reported on an excavation at a residential school, uh, and all they found was rocks. The to Kamloops First Nation in Kamloops, BC, they were the first to report that they had confirmation of remains of 215 children. That's their words. And they have still not provided any evidence of this over two years later. The lead researcher of the Tekemloops Nation, uh, her name is Dr. Sarah Bolia of the University of the Fraser Valley, she said that they found a tooth and a rib bone on the site of the former residential school in Kamloops. However, independent researcher Nina Green reported in the Dorchester Review that the tooth was ultimately found to be non-human and the rib bone was never analyzed and then strangely disappeared, so very dubious. 
And Dr. Sarah Bolia, the Takem Loops researcher, she has never retracted her error. So to me, wearing an orange shirt conveys that you are perhaps uninformed on this matter, or perhaps you're simply okay with being misled. And I'm not against a national day of truth and reconciliation. However, with all the ways Canadians have been misled since the beginning of the 215 saga, May 2021, I wonder whether any of the players in the government, First Nations, legal industrial complex, are actually interested in truth, or if they are interested in billions of dollars of settlements and advancing victimhood. It's very interesting because while our political leaders expect Canadians to adopt this holiday and give reverence to some of the issues at hand here, I don't know if you recall, but remember when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau went surfing on the National Truth and Reconciliation Day in 2021? Trudeau definitely doesn't live rent-free in my head. I, I don't really think about him that much, but... Every time I think of National Truth and Reconciliation Day, I think of Trudeau surfing. Like, if someone brings up Orange Shirt Day, September 30th, National Truth and Reconciliation Day, an image is conjured in my mind of Trudeau surfing in Tofino. Honestly, I feel like next year I will book a trip to Tofino for that weekend to celebrate. That should be a Canadian tradition. A shocking new report reveals that hundreds of underaged Canadian girls have had their breasts surgically removed as part of so-called gender-affirming care to accommodate their preferred gender identities. The numbers were crunched by the Canadian Institute for Health Information and first reported by the National Post. As of 2018, healthcare statistics show that 602 patients under the age of 18 were recorded as receiving a double mastectomy. Nearly half, 303, were kids under the age of 17, with the lowest recorded age being 14 years old. The actual number of minors who have undergone life-changing surgeries to accommodate their gender identities is likely much larger as private clinics that cater to transgender clients were not included, and additionally, Quebec hospital data were unavailable. Despite concerns about the permanent effects such surgeries could have on minors who might change their gender identity at a later time, professional organizations are maintaining that this form of quote-unquote gender-affirming care is critical to prevent suicide. A Sick Kids Toronto spokesperson said, quote, Denying care can have negative consequences for some youth. Decisions for care should be made by youth, their families, and their healthcare providers, who are best positioned to support them. Cousin, this is an alarming trend among Canadian girls. What has led to this? You know, it's sad and devastating, really, because I think it's a combination of ideology being pushed onto kids uh, during their most vulnerable times in their lives. Here are children figuring themselves out, and they're being told by professional organizations, by medical experts, that the best way to affirm their identities is to go through life-changing, irreversible surgeries. A couple of years ago, Cosman Abigail Schreier documented this in her book called Irreversible Damage, and she talks about how rapid-onset gender dysphoria is a social contagion, so you'll see more transgenderism among peer groups in these groups of girls, and this is based on the research of Lisa Littman. And like you say, 
These youth who think they are trans believe that switching genders will solve their problems, solve their depression, anxiety, feelings of low self-worth. But it's never that easy. It can't be solved by this, by these surgeries. And we have more and more detransitioners, such as Chloe Cole, Sinead Watson, Elle Palmer. These women are all public on Twitter about their detransitioning from, you know, female to male, back to female. And anecdotally, many women who are today critical of transgender ideology and so-called gender-affirming care, which is, you know, actually life-altering surgeries on minors, many of these women who are critical of transgender ideology were tomboys as children. And so they wonder if they were their child selves in this era, would their teachers and counselors and parents be trying to trans them when really they are just females and some females are butch and tomboy and some are ultra feminine. Ultimately, if it's XX chromosomes, then it's all female. But it's very meaningful that we have these numbers that hundreds and certainly more than 600 girls in Canada have been enabled to lop off their breasts. So, you know, now we have some data to point to when people try to say that this isn't happening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Waterloo Region councillors voted unanimously to approve an amended bylaw that bans any communication which makes people feel harassed on regional properties after hearing from nearly 20 delegates at a tense meeting last week. The bylaw, which purports to protect people from harassment based on protected grounds such as race, religion, gender identity, and sexual orientation, was opposed by some residents who claimed it would violate their freedom of speech. One of the key concerns was that the way the bylaw was written was open to subjective interpretation as to what constituted, quote, being harassed. As originally written, the bylaw amendment added, quote, communicating, causing, or permitting communication with any person in a way that causes the person reasonably in all the circumstances to feel harassed to a list of prohibited activities. It defined being harassed as, quote, feeling tormented, troubled, worried, plagued, or badgered. Upon the final vote, the bylaw was amended to remove the above definition of harassment, and a provision was added to insist that the amendment would not prevent or limit a lawful protest. Muslim woman and One Million March for Children advocate Maryam Ali spoke as a delegate and denounced the need for a bylaw to, quote, protect people's feelings. You know, I agree with that. I, it really does seem like this bylaw was written to protect people's feelings, a, a very specific group of people who do not tolerate any other opposing views. It's strange that the region feels the need to pass such a law when 
things like criminal harassment and hate speech are already illegal in Canada. And if you call the police and you're being criminally harassed or, or you suspect an incident of hate speech, they will show up and arrest people or investigate at least if they have grounds to do so. But this bylaw, it essentially gives the city or anybody present, you know, anybody with authority in regional buildings power to just say, I don't like what this person is expressing. It makes me feel harassed. It makes this group of people feel harassed and so on. And then they can write up a citation or have that individual removed, you know, possibly forcibly from regional property. It's very interesting that this bylaw comes on the heels of the one million person march for kids. Lindsay, do you think this has anything to do with that movement? There was a dividing line here, Cosman. The people in favor of the bylaw were LGBTQ activists. The people speaking out against it were one million march for children advocates and supporters. And we did see hundreds of parents attending the one million march for children rallies, including at Kitchener City Hall last week. There were also protests in Guelph and Waterloo. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.